are gonna be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Yes, thank you for joining us this Sunday morning on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Ms. Shannon, and just a reminder of what we do here every week on The Mom Show is that we have a rotating panel of experts that come in and basically free you from all of that mom and family guilt that you have. Because we kind of kind of back ourselves into a corner someday going, I should know everything. I'm a parent. I'm a mom. It should all just come to me miraculously. And we always know that's not the case. So our panel of experts can always help you with some fantastic information. It's a wonderful resource all in one little spot here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on My Talk 107. And you can always go to our website as well, MyTalk1071.com. Use the keyword mom show. And this morning, we are joined by our friend and expert from the Health Foundations Birth Center over in St. Paul, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Here we go. I know it's a little damp out there. But that doesn't mean anything. It's a good time for you to like hunker down, have a cup of tea, get some information on what we're going to talk about today, Dr. Amy. So thank you for joining us. Great to be here. So what's going on right now over at Health Foundations? And um, I, you know, I've had a friend that recently had a baby, and so this has been uh, very uh, top of mind with me. Just looking at this like another option. Uh, when you were having your baby, when you were planning your family, all of the pro- services you provide at Health Foundations, that's a fantastic resource. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's a really good option for women who are low risk to look at for their maternity care and where to deliver um, and have their baby. So when you were deciding, OK, what am I going to do as a practicing person? Um, what it goes, which is, you know, I want to create a space like Health Foundations versus be part of a hospital. Well, I think in the beginning when I started, it was really, you know, I support women wherever they choose to be. Mm -hmm. That's really the bottom line. However, I just want to make sure women know the choices that they have. And, you know, that kind of was what started me off. And then as I practiced more and I got to know more women and we were in the maternity care system, it really became education. It really became about women and families knowing not only their options, but being part of their care and being a partner in their maternity care. Because a lot of times what we're seeing when we go in to see providers is we go in with our problem, right? Right. And we see a nurse and they take all of our beginning information and then we see the provider for five or 10 minutes. Um, We get some sort of a drug or something to make us feel better and we walk out the door and but not a lot of education happens. Right. And you know, early, early on in my career, before I went to med school, I volunteered at a hospital and I worked on the med surge ward. And so it's where a lot of the surgery, people come in for surgeries and then they recover. Okay. And you know, I loved it. I loved working in the hospital, but what I found over time was we would start seeing those same people back. Okay. And I really got discouraged for a while because I thought, you know, we can be doing these people such a bigger service if we would talk to them about and educate them about diet. Yes. You know, about healthy lifestyle changes, um, about things that they could do to make appreciable changes in their life so that they wouldn't end up back in the hospital. Right. And so I think that started me on this journey of education and how in medicine and how when we work with patients and clients, we can truly make a change in their lives. 
by not just dispensing a pill or by not just dispensing supplements or really educating and having that partnership can make a huge difference. Well, if you have any questions, you can contact us here at The Mom Show on 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We're always happy to take your calls. But another thing that you uh, mentioned previously, and I just want to go over this because sometimes we just forget what the broad swatch of services that you have available at Health Foundations. Could you go, oh, wait, I'm not having a baby why would I call? But you do other things there, just overall women's health care. Yeah. So we do. We see women, if you have thyroid issues, if you're thinking about getting pregnant, if you're having um, menstrual issues, like if your periods are just really off, if you want to talk about contraception, um, if you just need a physical, if you find a lump in your breast, you know, right. all of those things you can come and see us for. And I think it's nice because, you know, and we talk a lot about the maternity care and the education we do, but we do that in our women health visits as well. And so it's a conversation. It's we take the time to explain what's going on. You have time to ask questions. And I think women really like that because they feel heard. They feel part of their care, but they also walk away feeling like, okay, I have a plan right, um, that I feel good about. Or if I have questions, I know who to call and I can answer, ask more questions. So I feel good about what's happening. So let's say you're in the point of the, your life like I kind of am, where I'm like, you know what? I have my kid. He just turned 10. I'm transitioning to the next point where I don't think I want to have any other kids. Yeah. Now, it is worth, you know, it's nice to go, to be able to go, here's a resource and I can talk about how do I transition to the next part of my life? Because you feel kind of just in that in-between stage. Oh, absolutely. You know, I just had a birthday. I turned 41. Yes. Congratulations. Thank Happy you. birthday. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I realized, especially lately as I've been sitting in visits with other women, that I'm done having our family. Yeah. You know, we've got kids. and um, But that's that part of my life is transitioning into being a family and not thinking about adding to our family. Right. And so I get that. I get what that transition looks like. And yes, that's absolutely something that you could come and talk with us about or just to continue your care. Well, let's say we're, let's roll back. Let's roll back, you know, 20 years ago. And you say that you and I and our, our, our good friends are talking about starting the process. Yes. You know, kind of thing. So what is it? Let's say I want to start the process. Is that a good time for me to come in as well? And, you know, is there, when do I, you know, if I go, I think I maybe want to have a baby. Health foundations can help me with that too. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we get, you know, I really encourage women. If you're thinking about getting pregnant, come in and see us because we're going to talk to you about the best way to make that happen and start for you, but also for your partner, because it's a 50, 50 deal, right? Right. Each person brings something to the table and it's not, you know, you both have to be healthy. So we'll talk about things like um, the checklist of health wise, what you need to have, like make sure your blood pressure is good. Have you had a pap, breast exam, all of those different things to think about. There are labs that you can do pre-pregnancy um, to find out if your levels are in a good range and do something about them if they're not in a much different way than you can do that in pregnancy. Because if, for, for instance, if your iron is low, we can supplement you much differently outside of pregnancy than in pregnancy. And that's something you want to have in a really healthy like level to have a good pregnancy for. And we'll talk about supplements and we'll talk about good lifestyle changes. So it not only sets you up for um, getting pregnant, but it also sets you up for a really good start to pregnancy and already making those changes that you'll need to make in pregnancy 
for your journey ahead. And so when you are talking, like you'll bring up occasion, we'll talk about, you know, we'll put it in air quotes, the plan. But it seems like there's a lot of different plans that we need sometimes. And just going that you can always have a plan set up for your life that will make sense for the portion of your life that you're in, right? Absolutely. So usually when you're most, when people come up and you go, okay, I don't know what questions I should start to ask, but I know I need a plan in my life. How do you help them, Dr. Amy? We have a plan for you. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You know, or at least the framework. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the important part. And when I talk about a plan, I don't mean, yes, we'll help you know when to come in for appointments and we'll help you with the things that you need to think about at that point in your pregnancy. It's not dictating. Okay. You know, it's not a dictatorship, right? right? We're not saying, okay, you come in here, you do your labs here, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Yes, we have that framework, but we're talking about the plan of, hey, you need to think about childbirth ed classes. Hey, you and your partner need to think about this. This is why these 10 things are offered in pregnancy. You know, it's really those conversations, that education, that making aware, because I'll tell you what, I Google. Yes. Right. Whenever I have a question or somebody asks me something and I don't know, I'm like, well, Google it. Right. right? Yes. Who doesn't use Google these days? Mm-hmm. But in pregnancy and when we're talking about labor and delivery and parenthood even, that that Google starts to be a big world of anxiety yes. producing information a lot of times. Not to say that we can't find great information there, but if you start on Facebook and Twitter and blogs and who knows, all of these lists, the top 10 lists of whatever you're looking for. Exactly. It starts to get to be a little bit overwhelming. Right. So I think as providers and for us in particular, we boil down that information for families. Like today, we're going to be talking about what to bring for labor and birth. Gotcha. But um, we boil that information down so it's not so overwhelming. It's not so scary. And you can really... Think about what you need to think about, digest it, and then come back and ask more questions. Well, we're going to encourage, uh, we're going to talk about some fun stuff during this morning on The Mom Show. We'll also take your calls. Again, if you want to contact us, it's 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundations here on The Mom Show. Thank you for joining us on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Ms. Shannon, joined this morning by one of my favorite friends, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Centers. And uh, Dr. Amy, part of the reason why I like hanging around you is that my friends presume that I'm smart. It really isn't that I'm smart at all. I just get to hang around with very knowledgeable people like you, Dr. Amy. And so, Aww. and then relay that information when it comes up. Because it will. It will come up very often. And um, uh, not only uh, discussing what goes on over the Health Foundations, and they can always go to your website, which is health-foundations.com, correct? Yep. Um, They can get the information there. They can call you at 651-895-2520. We'll make sure all that information is on our page as well. But they can also call in today, and that number is always 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And today, you're covering the plan. And this particular plan is... As you're getting ready to go to the hospital to have your baby, is that what we're covering today, Dr. Amy? So we are talking about what to put in your birth bag. Gotcha. So what to have ready if you're going to the hospital, if you're going to your birth center, when you are in labor and it's go time. Okay. So if you call in, I'd love to hear what are your favorite things that you put maybe in your birth bag Mm -hmm. or questions about things that you might not be sure about. Perfect. And the number again is 651-641-1071. So 
I, I think it'll be fun for us to be able to go, what's enough things and what's too many things? You know, kind yes. of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think to boil it down to some some things that you might not even think about. But before we even start talking about the stuff. Yes. Because there's lots of stuff. And, you know, when we're pregnant and we have a baby, there's lots of pregnancy stuff. There's lots of baby stuff. But I think... Um, when we're talking about the birth bag, you know, I started thinking about, well, there's other things, too, that we need to arm ourselves with okay. to be ready. So when it's time to and it's go time. Yes. That you are ready with other things like information. Oh, OK. And I thought, you know, is that really part of a birth bag? Well, I think it actually is because it's your tool bag, right? Yes. It's your tool bag to be ready for labor, for birth, for that postpartum period, wherever you're at. So the things that I thought of that were really important, and I think that it's good to have these things done or at least a plan to be close to done by the time you're 36 weeks in your pregnancy. Okay. Because that due window is 37 to 42 weeks. And so it's a five-week window, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most people go around that 40-week mark. If you're a first-time mom, mm-hmm. it's normal to go about an average of 10 days past your due date. Oh, Nobody I remember when we I, when we hit 37 weeks and I my, and I knew that my son was officially done cooking. I was like, you can come out now. Like the minute yes. we got to done cooking, I'm like, um, let's get this done. And, you know, <laughs> I see moms all the time and I remind them gently, <laughs> you know, this might be another month. Mm. And, and I'm sure I they these, just look heartbroken. And, and I, sometimes it's you can see almost the tears want to well up. Right. And some women kind of give me that evil eye like, don't tell me it's going to be another month. It's not going to be another month. It's going to be tomorrow. To say about it. And I, so I think that's the funny part. But um, 36 weeks. So the information you want to arm yourself with really is childbirth ed classes. Okay. Take childbirth ed classes and really take the childbirth ed classes that are in the community. Okay. Because they're going to arm you in a different way. I don't want to poo-poo the hospital classes because I also don't want to get um, hospital administrators calling, but right. <laughs> however, the community classes, so um, they might be, um, they were going to arm you for information in a different way. Right. They're going to go through the stages of labor. They're going to talk to you and your partner about how to be a team. And really, that's how it is, right? Right. And especially for partners, I think it's super important because I always say, you know, I have no sports background whatsoever. And if you were to hand me a playbook and say, okay, Amy, here you go. You're going to go coach this football right. game and we expect you to win <laughs> and not make any mistakes. That's kind of what we do to partners, right? Right. Here is... Uh, some information, honey, read a book. (laughs) Be prepared. Do this perfectly. And you need to know exactly what to say to me. You need to know how to rub my back. You need to know everything that I need without me saying it in labor. I think that we really set up our partners in that kind of expectation. It's a lot of pressure. So in these childbirth ed classes, you can really learn how to be a team. You can talk through some of those things. You can see birth videos. Right. So really think about that. I can't encourage, especially first time families enough. Right. If, you know, think about how you're going to feed your baby. Okay. If you're breastfeeding, take a breastfeeding class. Okay. Um, we and we have all of the moms and in our practice do some sort of breastfeeding education. And so we have a class that we encourage everybody to take, whether it's your first baby, second baby, third baby plus, because when women get together and they share their experience or they learn new information, 
It's really powerful. And, and that sounds fun. I didn't, it, that didn't, you know, that wasn't suggested to me when I, before I had my son, but it does make sense that you're like, okay, afterwards, I'm just supposed to miraculously know how to do this when yes. I'm already still full of, you know, I'm exhausted, I'm full of uh, hormones, everything's going on right now, but now I'm supposed to just know this whole new skill. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's good to see it and think about it beforehand is what we found because it makes women more successful on the other end. Right. Because there's so many changes happening after you have a baby. And you're right. Breastfeeding is natural, but it doesn't come naturally. Right. You do have to work at it. I appreciate you saying that things don't come naturally because I think that we as moms and as parents... There is this internal pressure and expectation that it should just be there, yes. that there that we shouldn't have to study or read or practice some of these things. It's, well, I'm a parent. This is why I, I was bred. This is how we get people. I was bred to do this. Right. And that's not the case. It does. You know, there are a learning curve on a lot of these things. Oh, absolutely. And if you're not planning on breastfeeding, if you're planning on bottle feeding, you know, that's similar, mm-hmm. you know. Don't set up the expectation of, okay, I'm just going to look at the, the information on the formula and say, this is what I'm going to do. Right. You know, really do some investigating of what formula you would like to use, what bottles you would like to use, because they all make a difference. Yes. Or know that if what you're using, especially with bottles and nipples and all those sorts of things, that look at some maybe second options yes. that you can turn to um, because babies don't always love the first thing you choose. Right. Um, and it's funny to think that they're brand new, but they have opinions. They, have, yeah. like, they yes, come they out with opinions. opinions, right. <laughs> they already come out with a personality. Right. It just starts to evolve over time. Yes. I think, too, um, the other thing to really arm yourself with is do the work in the beginning to find the provider and the the place that you're going to have your baby that aligns with your plan and your wishes. Okay. Do that up front. So what kind of things should I have in mind as I'm making that choice? Um, I think things that women most come to us with asking are things like, I want to have a water birth. Okay. I want to be able to eat and drink throughout labor. Um, can my partner help receive baby? Um, I don't want to be hooked up to an electronic fetal monitor. What are your C-section rates? Um, how many people are in your group and how likely is it that the person that I choose is going to be with me when I deliver? Okay. Um, ask, you know, a lot of times, um, we spend all of this time choosing our provider, but you don't necessarily see them when you're, when you're delivering exactly, or you only see them at the end. And so really kind of feel that out to say, Hey, how often am I going to see you when I'm in labor or your partners, um, that you work with in your practice, or will I mostly be seeing your nurses? Um, really find out if you, whether it's a birth center or a hospital, what that process looks like for labor and delivery. You know, are you able to be up moving around? Do they have birth balls? Do they have birth stools? Are you able to be in a tub? Are there restrictions that wouldn't allow you to do those things? So those are the questions because, you know, ultimately, you know, we're talking about all these plans. We arm you with information. You are set to go. Right. That is your job as a parent, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. That is your job to get all of your things in order. Right. And to feel comfortable with your plan. But I also want to put out there, because I see this all the time, is in the end, babies decide. (laughs) True. Okay. Babies decide. And I think that's a good testament and a good thing for women in particular to hear because we are so in control of everything in our lives most of the time. Right. Right. We're running in all these different directions. We have all of these 
plans and schedules and we're organized and we run the ship, you only have so much of that control in pregnancy in right. labor and delivery and truly in parenting when you think about it. Very true. You know, you can arm yourself with all of these things, but in the end, babies are going to choose how they come out and when they come out. Right. And so I think that's really good for women to hear is do your best and then let go. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It'll help you be a lot more at peace with just enjoying. Again, some of the things that you've talked about before is trying to make this not a fearful uh, experience, something that you're more likely to be able to enjoy as much as you can when you're welcoming your new baby. Ah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I am a first testament to that. Um, I, you know, with our first, I had already delivered several hundred babies. Right. I went through the childbirth ed classes. We made a plan. We made the lists, all of these things. In the end, I ended up having a C-section. And, you know, I did everything that I could right. up until that point. My husband was supportive and he did everything that he could for his part. But in the end, baby decided. Right. And that wasn't going to make a difference. Well, what are we going to cover when we come back, Dr. Amy? So now we're going to talk about the stuff. Ah. Stuff of what to put in your birth bag. And you know we love stuff. Again, if you have a question, the number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on The Mom Show with Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundations. Yes, that is something that quite often as moms and parents, you feel like you're losing your mind, but you're not. You are quite, quite in the middle of raising your family. We know that you are doing the best that you can. And we will help give you some information that will arm you as you are getting ready to go off and have that wonderful childbirth experience. Because we are joined this morning from Health Foundation's birth centers. Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass is here. And Dr. Amy, we've been talking about what to put in your birth bag. I mean, that's the fun part. We like getting ready and getting excited and going, okay, I'm going to get my things and I'm going to put all my stuff in the bag. And we were yes. talking about what stuff goes in the bag now. Yes. So remember, we're wanting to get this bag ready by about 36 weeks. Mm-hmm. Just in case you go on the early side, because early on in pregnancy is around 37 weeks. So you want to be ready. The first thing to kind of have maybe even buy next to your bag is to think about what do you need for the car ride. Okay. So, you know, we always say maybe bring an old towel and just set it down on the seat. Or um, sometimes women even like any sort of like... Um, disposable pad or something just in case your water breaks. Yes. And so um, that might be something nice to think about. Sometimes women like to grab a pair of Depends. Okay. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of women know about that, but Depends are great for labor and for postpartum. Ah, wonderful. Because they are super absorbent. They're huge, right? So they fit your belly fine and they're not constricting. Mm -hmm. But And And they're so much cooler now. I've been down that aisle, like kind of thing, because I need some (laughs) stuff for my son down that aisle every once in a while. I'm like... Well, they're like pretty now in comparison to the things that you'll get probably if you go to a hospital. If they're anything like when I had my son, they were not Stretchy the cool. Panties. Right. I'm like, I don't want to. This is not how I'm going to feel like my best self when I get home with my new baby. So, yes. Yeah. And we'll talk about depends again postpartum. And mm-hmm. I'll just mention it here because, you know, you bleed for um heavily, kind of like a heavy period for the first at least 48 hours or the first couple of days. Depends are great because they don't leak and they're fairly comfortable. They're super absorbent. So think about just picking up some Depends and Mm -hmm. having them with you. And then I would bring some kind of bowl or plastic bag or something in case you're feeling nauseous. Ah, good point. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of times women don't want to stop and pull over on the side of the road. Right. Um, And And you just want to keep going. The weather is 
is is very sketchy here in Minnesota. So maybe you can't like pull <laughs> over on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. I always have some sort of something in the car in case you just uh, aren't feeling well and think you're right. going to throw up. Then, okay, then we're going to talk about the bag. Okay. Finally got to the bag. So there's three people that you need to think about. Mom, partner, and baby. All right. Of things to put in the bag. And for labor, just in general. So the f- one thing that you want to think about is snacks. <laughs> okay. Um, any favorite foods, um, juices, sport drinks, coconut water, um, popsicles, or fruit, like cubed up fruit. Something that's really easy to digest, I would stick away from dairy. Okay. So I know a lot of times people think, well, maybe like yogurt. Right. But dairy tends to not do really well with women in labor. It tends to come back up. Okay. Um, Some sort of instant oatmeal packet tends to go really well. Okay. Oatmeal is great in labor because it sticks with you. It tends to stay down really well. It doesn't upset your stomach, but it also gives you good energy. Okay. You can put lots of honey in it, um, maple syrup, peanut butter, brown sugar, whatever. I would add something like that, even just for a little bit of a sugar boost to okay. give you a little bit of energy. Are crackers just a waste? Is that just wasted carbs or are they okay? No, I think they're fine. Okay. I think anything that you can get in in Labor is great. Okay. Um, sometimes, you know, we just had a couple recently um, this last week who brought in these protein balls that they made. Oh, okay. So they were peanut butter and all of these great seeds and oatmeal. And so in labor, she would just chew on these or have these little protein bites throughout labor. And it was awesome. It gave her lots of energy. And you know you small. like it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you made it. So, you know, you like it and you can put things that you like in them. Um, I think in particular for moms who have really long labors, and this is something I've been reminded of this week when I was on call, we've had moms, you know, a first time mom with a really long labor. And I think one reason that she made it and she was really successful in her labor is that she was super good about eating. Okay. Because, you know, you're not sleeping that I always figure you're eating. And if you eat throughout labor and it's not like you're going to sit down and eat a full meal. Right. But um, you're keeping up your energy and you're able to keep going. And, you know, it's kind of like that marathon idea. Your body needs that fuel. So, And I'm just going to pause you real quick because I remember the old school thing, Jack. You know, I remember my doctor telling me that I'm not supposed to eat. And I thought he was crazy pants. Well, like, this is a good question to <laughs> yes. ask, mm-hmm. actually, in your pregnancy is to say, hey, is this something I'm going to be able to do when I'm in labor is to eat? I ignored drink. him and then we had a fight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So, he was old school. He called me disobedient. I'm like, you don't get to call me disobedient. That thing. <laughs> well, all the recommendations, you know, it's taken a long time for the medical community to come around to this. But there's been, you know, more research and more things published this last year that say women really should be able to eat and drink throughout labor. And I think what you said, I appreciated that the moderation and finding the right thing. So we're not saying sit down with a steak, you know, maybe. Maybe you don't need a, a slab sure. of ribs yeah. during, <laughs> during it. Ribs, potatoes. Right. Yeah, you don't need to completely throw down your Thanksgiving dinner during labor. But we could see, I appreciate you saying, I I think that that would be very soothing for me, you know, as a mom. So, yep. So, um, so don't discount that. Um, Also, bring something comfortable to wear. You know, um, sometimes in in earlier labor, you want to just be maybe um, 
like a comfy t-shirt or right. a nightgown. A lot of times women don't necessarily like pants because they don't like that restriction around their belly. Right. Um, but that might be nice for early labor or a robe. I tend to find robes to be really helpful, mm-hmm. especially if you're in and out of the water um, a lot because you are able to just throw it around your shoulders. But women's temperature changes a lot in labor as well. You go okay. from being really cold to really hot and everything in between, you know, throughout that labor process. And robes are nice because you could throw them over you, but also take them off really quick. Right. So just something to think about. If you are thinking about having a water birth, you know, packing, if a lot of times there's a point when women really don't care anymore (laughs) and they don't wear anything and it's totally fine. Um, But there's also women who feel more comfortable wearing like some sort of a sports bra or a swimsuit top in the water. And so if that's you or if you're not sure, you know, pack something that you can wear in the tub. Right. Um, That might be... That might be good because then you have it if you need it. Um, Slippers and socks. It sounds, you know, bring more than one pair. Right. In case they get wet or they get icky or your water breaks and then everything's wet. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I always say, I always bring a few of anything that clothes-wise you're going to bring and think you're wearing in labor. Right. And don't think what you're coming into the hospital or birth center wearing is what you want to wear home. Right. Because inevitably, it seems like that gets gunked up along the way. Wadded up in the corner. Something (laughs) happens to it. Yes. You want something fresh to feel like you can go home in. So think about that. The other fun things that are nice to think about bringing for labor are things like hot and cold packs. You know, oh, okay. if you have a rice bag, it's great to um, put it in the microwave and it can be a hot pack on your back. Right. Um, or sometimes things like uh, ice, something icy or something frozen is the same thing. And depending on where you're at in labor or what your preference is, it's nice to have both. Um, something I saw a doula do once that I thought was really ingenious was she took um, like a soda can mm-hmm. and it was really cold from the fridge and she'd have a couple and she'd take it out and she'd roll it up and down the back ah, of okay. mom's back. And that was a great idea right? because you can put as much pressure, um, but it's distributed. So it's not like this pinpoint pressure and it was nice and cold. Nice. And so that was, I thought, a great trick to just kind of have up your sleeve. Music is a great thing to think about bringing. So if you have a favorite playlist or something off of Pandora or whatever. What about movies? Movies. You know, I don't really see moms doing anything with. That's more of like when they're home on the early, early side. Okay. Um, A lot of times once they get into like labor, labor. Mm -hmm. They're too focused to really think about movies too much. Yeah, I could see. I'm like, I don't know if I do my Netflix binge when I was going to my contractions. Sonny, what about you? My sister, when she was having my nephew, I, she made me go home and get all her old Martin oh, DVDs. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> and all the, nurses, soothing. All the her... nurses was like, this is really cool that you brought these. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That was her distraction, right? Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. she, was, she was in labor really long. Okay, She was yeah. overdue and her labor was long. Yeah, and so, so maybe that is a good idea. Yeah. You know, it doesn't hurt. It, I always say it doesn't hurt to pack all of these things that you think you might like, and yeah. you might use them, and you might not. But, but God, if you want it, yeah. then it's and there. And so many people. I mean, we're all like, you know, tablet and iPad driven. A lot of this is very portable now. So oh, yeah. probably I would say remember to bring your chargers. Like, put an extra charger in yes. there just because you don't want to get there, and all of a sudden your phone is is dead or your iPad's dead, and you wanted all of this stuff and you don't have it, and now you got to send your partner to go get it. <laughs> your t- Texting all these friends. <laughs> these are, we forgot this. Bring right, it over ASAP. Exactly. 
<laughs> you got your family on call, you know, on, on call to bring you a charger. Uh-huh. So they bring one, maybe put that in the bag. I think that would make sense. Target's mm-hmm. always down the road. Right. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Um, if you have any sort of favorite essential oils, it's really nice. Um, sometimes, depending on where you're at, you might be able to bring in a diffuser. Okay. Especially if it's an essential oil that you've used in your pregnancy. It's a familiar smell. Um, sometimes women use essential oils and visualization. Okay. Um, especially people who go through hypnobirthing. Um, if you're practicing that in your pregnancy and you bring it into labor, it truly gets you back to that space. Oh, it's a space of familiarity, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a smell that you're familiar with. It's the um, meditation or the the mantra that you are familiar with that when you do it in labor, it gets you to that similar place. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, same thing if it's not necessarily an essential oil or some sort of maybe lotion. Right. You know, a lot of women like to have a little bit massage in labor, whether it's their feet or their hands or their back or their shoulders, um, because labor is hard work. Yes. And, and you do tense up and you and to yeah. get to untense is very difficult. It yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And we always tell women, relax, relax and labor. And that just makes it worse sometimes. Like it you're totally trying, does. you're really trying, but it's very difficult. You're right. And relaxing in labor isn't like relaxing. You're laying on a table, having a full body massage. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not even close. You're right. Relaxing in labor is trying as good as you can to let all that go. But the reality is your body's doing a lot of work. And so to have that little bit of massage, can feel really good. And again, those essential oils are great to bring you back to um, that calm or peace or happy or whatever that is for you um, with whatever you're choosing. Well, when we come back, we're going to actually go to the phones. We have a caller that our producer Sonny is talking to right now. But what else do you want to cover, Dr. Amy? Um, we're going to cover things about what partners should think about bringing, what to think about bringing for baby, and then what to have ready postpartum. We'll do that. And so also take your calls here on The Mom Show when we return. Thank you again for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071, a repository of great information for you and your family, all in one little spot every Sunday morning here on My Talk. Join this morning our good friend from Health Foundations Birth Center, located over in St. Paul, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass is with us. And we've been talking about, I think that this is some of the fun part about having the baby. We talked about the plan, getting your bag together, things that you can do to kind of make yourself enjoy it more, because there's a lot going on. So these are some things you could do to like just plan ahead and enjoy uh, your your birthing uh, experience a little bit more. And we're actually going to go to the phone. So, Elena, thanks for calling my talk and the mom show. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? Good. So you had a comment on something we said earlier? Yeah, I just still wanted to kind of say thank you for the services you offer. Um, five years ago when I was pregnant with my son, I uh, broke up with my OB at like 36 weeks because <laughs> I just felt like the information was lacking. And I actually went to a birthing center, Morningstar at that time, and the information was so different and so non-fear-based. I felt like at the OB, I was just like, they wanted to prepare me for every worst-case scenario, and I wanted it to be so much calmer than that. And so I was a first-time mom, 32 hours in labor, but they let me kind of do my thing, scream it out, everything, and it went exactly the way I wanted to because I wanted to do more of kind of a natural route. And now I'm a surrogate, and I'm pregnant with twins. Wow. And all, so I'm 25 weeks along, and all that information from a center like that, like you guys have, has really helped me understand now, like, what the medicine is and what my choices are, what I can say no to, what I can say yes to, and, like, just the options, you know. And it's hard because when you start going that route, people are like, you're being a hippie and you're endangering your child. And I'm like, no, it's 
there's it's, options. It's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's options. It truly is. Yeah, so it's been, I just wanted to say thank you that that resource is out there because when I first got pregnant, I sat around like, I don't feel like I have any options until I found kind of an alternative center. And then all of a sudden, all this information came to me, you know. That's great. Thank and you And that's for wonderful. Sharing. Thank you for that for you and, and the family that you're working with as a surrogate. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I hope everything goes very smoothly for you for the remainder of the pregnancy. Thank you. Fun times. She's bold. I mean, I've had friends ask me if I would be a surrogate, and I was like, you know, that would not be a choice that I would be able to take. I didn't enjoy my pregnancy that much, so I appreciate people that are willing to provide that and help when work with families that way, because that's a great, that you know, that's great. It's like, amazing. I think it's fantastic. You know, you'd be surprised. We help. Um, we have a lot of surrogates and families come into the birth center. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. Yes. And I think... Um, what she was kind of alluding to, too, is having that information and having everybody be part of that process right. and that education. And it's really cool. Yes. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. If you have any questions or want to join the conversation, the number again is 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. In the meantime, Dr. Amy, so let's go back to the part of the plan that we're talking about now. Yeah, so we are talking about what to put in your birth bag. We talked a little bit about what to pack for moms. We're going to hit on a little bit about what to pack for partners. Right, because we probably, like, they get overlooked, I'm sure. We don't think about it. They always get overlooked at this point, Mm -hmm. yes. And so just to think about food for them. You know, when I'm checking in with families who are in labor, I always check in with the mom and make sure she's eating and drinking. But I also check in with the partner because the partners often forget they are in that caregiver role or they're just going, 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 and they often forget about themselves. Yes. But I always say we have to keep you fed and hydrated and slept. Yes. Right? They do need breaks because they are the ones who are running the ship postpartum. Right. And their job doesn't end once that baby comes out. It really just begins. Yes. And so that's really important. So food, drinks, you know, bring extra clothes. Yes. Especially if it is a long labor, you're going to want to maybe refresh a little bit or, you know, if <laughs> if her water breaks and you're holding her and it's all over you, you, you need to be able to freshen up. Exactly. <laughs> you don't yeah. get stuck. Um, and bring a swimsuit. Uh-huh. You know, partners sometimes don't think if, you know, depending on where you're at and how big the tubs are, sometimes you'll want to get in the tub with her if it's earlier labor. Just yes. So she may want you there to, for support. If they're large showers, sometimes moms really like their partners to get in the shower with them and rub their back mm-hmm. or help support them. So that might be an option. And so throw that in as well. I think that that is fantastic. Lots of things that we didn't always think about and going that these are an option that, if nothing else, maybe you want to be able to ask about as you're going through your journey. And then we think, so we thought about mom, we thought about partners. Now we think about baby a little bit. So often where you're at, they're already going to have diapers for you. Okay. Unless there's a real specific diaper or if it's a cloth diaper that you want to bring, you know, I wouldn't necessarily worry about that too much. Maybe throw one in your bag. Okay. I, if you are choosing to cloth diaper, really think about just doing disposables for that first couple of days, because remembering that first couple of days of baby poop until your milk comes in is meconium. And ah. it's like that thick black Oily, tar. Oily, yeah, tar, Yes that sticks to everything. And so you can either put like a little liner in your cloth diaper or just use disposables for those first couple of days mm-hmm. so you don't wreck your cloth diapers. Right. Um, the other thing is, no, there's very few people who know this trick. So truly, meconium is so thick and sticky and tarry. Mm-hmm. If you take some sort of edible oil, we use olive oil at the birth center. Okay. And when you're putting baby's diaper on, you dress their bum like you dress a salad. Ah. So just squirt olive oil all over and mm-hmm. rub it in the creases. 
because then with those meconium diapers, it slicks right off. Perfect. Otherwise, because otherwise rubbing you're rubbing them so aggressively when you're like, there's a new baby and it just yes. won't come off. You're right. And it's sticky. Yes. So it's just a really nice little trick. You might want to just take a little bottle, throw some, you know, any sort of edible oil works mm-hmm. um, and throw it in your birth bag. And then something for baby to go home in. So that's the fun thing. You get to have the cute yes. little first going home, you know, take your pictures outfit that you have. Mm-hmm. And I always think one more layer than you're wearing. Okay. So a onesie, then some sort of a something over, whether it's um, a romper or who knows, pants right. and a little shirt. And then generally a blanket, mm-hmm. hat, socks, <laughs> right? maybe even little mittens. You know, socks work really well for mittens on baby's hands. They often stay on better than the mittens that we ah, buy. Good point. So that's just a little... Mm-hmm. little aside. Um, but yeah, whatever those those first outfits that you want to bring, that's always a great idea. And that's really all baby needs. But the one thing not to forget as you're getting in the car to go is your car seat. Yes. Because you can't bring baby home without a car seat. Right. Um, but we don't let families go. And I'm sure the hospitals don't let families go if you don't have a car seat for baby. So um, if the only way, the only times that we see this sometimes happen is for moms who are having really fast labors Ah, because they didn't come and they like shoot out the house thinking oh my god we just got to get to where we're going Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they forget the car seat so sometimes it's good just to have it already installed right around 36 weeks in your car or at least the base so you can just grab it on your way out the door right so many things you have to remember and it's nice to be able to as you said have this plan that yes things may not go always exactly according to whatever your plan is but there are some things you can do that'll take some of the anxiety out and let you be able to to just basically adjust to other things more quickly because these things are already taken care of absolutely and I think so other fun things to think about we talked about the ice packs the cold packs you know sometimes um, if you're where you're going doesn't have a birth ball and that's something that you like to use um, people often and think about birth balls just to sit on and labor, but they're also good if you're on hands and knees to be able to lean on. Ah, oh, got you. Because okay. it keeps your your head upright. Mm-hmm. Um, and so birth balls might be fun. You know, sometimes um, women like what are called rebozos, and so it, you're on the hands and knees position. And it's a long piece of fabric that they put around your belly, and they do little shimmies on your belly, <laughs> okay. and it feels really good. You know, this isn't a something something, but it's a someone to think about having with you as a doula. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot about doulas on these past shows. And so the Childbirth Collective is a great resource here in the Twin Cities. They're the uh, really large doula organization in the Twin Cities. And can we kind of explain what a doula does? Because I remember when I had suggested that to my partner at the time, he was offended. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not saying you can't do this. I just want there's somebody there to help both of us because that's what they do, right? Absolutely. So they are labor support. They don't do any of the medical stuff, but they're there to make sure that you're eating, that you're drinking. They are, they take classes and are experts in knowing and helping to remind you about what positions, right? you know, to switch things up. Um, They all have different suggestions as far as what they think might help if you're having back labor or, hey, why don't you get in the tub? Why don't you get in the shower? And they're really nice, especially you never know that early labor part. Early labor can be a couple hours, which great. Early labor can be a couple of days. Mm -hmm. If it's days, you know, partners truly need to still have rest. Right. Because like I said, their job doesn't stop when the baby comes out. Their, Their job truly is just beginning. That doula can be there to still help support the mom 
but also support the partner in the fact that they can lay down and take a little bit of a nap. I always thought it was a very specialized personal assistant for both of you during this experience. So they are for both people. Yes. And, you know, it gets back to that Amy coaching a football game, right? Right. That it's great to have an assistant coach that would be there to say, hey, you know, what about this? And I always think, too, um, they're kind of like our cue cards for partners Mm -hmm. to say, hey, why don't you rub her back? (laughs) Exactly. Or maybe she just needs a sip of water in between each contraction. You know, that they're kind of there cueing the partners as well, not taking over for them. Because I think that's the idea, right? As partners always think, oh, the doula's there and they're going to be doing my job for me. No. That's so not the case. Right. So, you know, be thinking about that as well. And then postpartum, you know, there's a lots of stuff that we put on our postpartum list. The depends are a great idea. A nipple cream is a great idea. Um, I'm going to specifically say the Medela, the hydrogel nipple pads okay. are great for postpartum in that first week. Um, eat, drink, you know, keep taking your prenatal vitamins and your supplements. All of those are great ideas. I know we've kind of flown through a lot of this information today and we've really hit some of the highlights, but um, there will be an essentials list that we'll put up after the show Perfect. tomorrow. So it'll give a more comprehensive list as far as the essentials of what to put in your birth bag. And we'll make sure it's very easy to find that. You can go to the Health Foundation's website at health-foundations.com or call them at 651-895-2520. And you can always find more information about Health Foundations and Dr. Amy on our our website, mytalk1071.com, keyword mom show. Thank you, Dr. Amy. Thanks.